Hello and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-host, starting with N's, the noteworthy, the non-parial, and the nifty Mary Abijay. Hi, everybody. This is Mary Abijay, and I am kind of nifty. I'm feeling kind of nifty. Uh, let me introduce <laughs> you my co-host today. I only have one word for you, and that's the naughty, naughty, naughty Mr. Chris DeSantis. <laughs> what makes me naughty? Uh, it's, all the, it's all I could think of today. <laughs> <laughs> I was too lazy. Well, the relatively nifty. I was too lazy to go uh, search out uh, and adjectives because you know what, Chris DeSantis, I caught the COVID again. Oh my gosh! I did. Oh so my gosh. I've been using this as an excuse to be lazy for the last couple of weeks. Well, I'm sorry, not last couple of weeks, last couple of days. This is your second round. This is my right? second round, and, and truth be told, it's really not that bad. It's like having just a same. It's like having a light cold or a bad allergy day. So you know, knock on wood, I'm uh, I can uh, kick this thing faster. So if I sound a little nasally, people, it should have been the N word for me. It's just because I've oh, got. Oh yeah, the, I could have thrown that in. The COVID. noteworthy, the nasally, <laughs> and the nifty. But, Mary but I'm excited to be here with you today and take care of yeah, some yeah. business. Oh, yeah. Speaking of business, uh, this episode's interesting only because it's an extension of a previous episode. Uh, last time we talked, well, not last time we talked, but when we spoke on this topic, leadership, we had a number of questions. And when we got to the last question, Mary said, wait a minute, I got a lot to say about this <laughs> and a very little time left in which to say it, at which point we made an executive decision to say, well, why don't we hold off on that? And then we'll have another cliffhanger episode that will talk to this question again, among others that maybe relate to it. So that's what we're going to do today. I love we're it. Now, start from where we left off. I just hope I can remember because I remember having a lot to say about this Oh, yeah, I remember question. you said you had a lot to say. Now let's see if my COVID-addled brain will actually remember what it is I had to say. But I definitely I definitely am excited to dig into this question. Well, uh, we can start whenever you're ready with that. And by the way, anything else going on in your life that I should know about? Everything else is good besides your health? Everything's good. You know, things are going fine. It's springtime here in Washington, D.C. The cherry blossoms are in bloom, and I'm stuck in the uh. house, so... I've always wanted to see that. They're pretty I've gorgeous. Always... I, 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 all kidding aside, they are pretty spectacular. Yeah, no, that's on my list. I, I got to D.C. once for my other thing on my, I don't know, it's a, quite a bucket list, was to see the fireworks in D.C. Yeah, fireworks are really good. Of course, we- And that was really they're, good. They're pretty spectacular as well. That was really good. And luckily, there's really, lots of places in D.C. where you can see the fireworks without having to actually schlep on down to the mall. So, uh, like- Oh, I was, I, I stayed at the oh, mall. I stayed see. at the Hay Adams. Oh, well, you don't have to leave the hotel then. You can just go to one I of know, fancy I walked rooms. outside. It was so amazing. Yeah, they're pretty good. They are pretty good. That was great. Okay, anyway, let's get back to business here. All right. You ready? Yes. I know this might sound weird, but I don't want to be a leader. I've just been promoted to the role of manager for the accounts payable department. I am now leading a team of seven people. That was in quotes. We use the term leader rather than manager so I know I'm stuck with the title. It's just that I don't want to lead them. I expect them to want to do the work if I'm leading or not. 
My philosophy has always been that the leader is less important than the doer because I've worked for lots of bad leaders, but I've never lose sight of the fact that I have a job to do and that job should be done well. How do I get my new team to think more like me and at the same time not lead them down the path to do so? Hmm. Leading less is more like it in Lubbock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's all coming wow. back to me like a bad dream. So I'm well, of a couple of minds with this one. So this, sure. this question, before I answer this question, I do want to say to you and to our one listener, or maybe we have two listeners at this point, like, <laughs> you know, this is not as uncommon as people might think it is. Uh, there's a lot of people in corporate America and in government work that are quote unquote managers or leaders who don't want to be managers or leaders. Uh, mm -hmm. of the people. But what happens in organizations is it's one of the few ways to kind of move up. It's one of the few ways uh, to get right, recognized, right. right? Or make more money. And get more money. Or get to right. the next level or pad your resume. So I mean, I see this a lot uh, in, uh, in organizations. And, you know, I think that it would be really smart for organizations to start thinking about also having like expert tracks where you could grow mm -hmm. in your career without actually managing people. It might solve the problem of like a lot of people managing who are not very good at managing people. What are your thoughts right. about that before I answer this question? Well, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you here because I think we, we, we typically, I don't say we, but, uh, but we, we, corporations, organizations typically promote the person with the best uh, experience on the job, meaning that they're the, the, technical the most skills. proficient. Yeah. yeah, they're most proficient on the job. And so as a consequence of that, that becomes heavily weighted because then they're thinking the assumption is you're really good at this job. You would probably be a good manager since you would be teaching other people or manage them on how to do this particular job. And as to your point, I think these are two different skill sets. Totally. One is, of course, the execution, and the other, of course, is both leading and teaching. Yeah. So in that sense, I think they 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 crunch them together, or they you know they conflate them. And it's a problem that organizations keep having and keep having. So if you yes. want to keep your top talent, make sure you give them other options besides just going into management or supervision because they may not be good at it. Oh, all right. So, but I like your solution though. I like your idea of creating these tracks. Yeah. I think that's the way to go. Other ways for people to be, uh, to get, you know, quote unquote promoted without having to be managers. All right. So let's back, let's go back to leading last is more, leading last is more like it in Lubbock. <laughs> uh, all right. So <laughs> the charitable part of me says to leading last, you know what? You could be what we call a macro or a hands-off boss. And that's really mm. great. You know, a lot of people can really excel with somebody who is macro, big picture, hands-off, you know, laissez-faire boss. That's great. But part of me really gets my goat about this. The uncharitable part mm -hmm. of me says, you know what? Yes. Don't take the damn promotion if you don't want to do the damn job you're being paid for. Like nobody forced you to take this job. Uh, so Ouch. I'm of two <laughs> minds here. Yeah, I see um, your point. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't even think that way. I was thinking that I didn't think that way. That's interesting. Oh, I did. Yeah. I heard wah, 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 wah. I don't want to have yeah. to manage people. Um, so that's what I heard, whether it's fair or not. That's what I heard. So what I want to say to this leading last, regardless, is you're going to have to put on your big boy, your big girl, or big other pants and step into the <laughs> manager's shoes. You get to decide how you want to be a leader. Uh, you get to decide what kind of leader you want to be, and but you still have to be a leader. And 
And you need to embrace this term in a way that is um, the way that is going to be empowering for your people. You say mm-hmm. that you think that doers are more important than leaders. I completely agree with you. So for you, I want you to think about how, what will your leadership look like if you are empowering your people to not even need you, right? But that you are there to help create the conditions for them to succeed. That is your job. It doesn't mean you are telling them what to do or looking over their shoulder. Your job is to make sure that they have what they need to succeed. So that said, there are a lot of different styles that you can be managing from. You could look uh, to um, like member situational leadership where, yes. yeah, so those are four different. You could be a coach. Percy style, Blanchard's yeah, model. Blanchard's model. You could be a coaching style, a director style, a laissez-faire style where you delegate. Uh, whatever style that you think will work best for your team is what you need to be looking at. You could also help your team become what's called a self-directed team, which is you are empower them to make a lot of their own decisions and, and create their own sort of... Um, uh, uh, game uh, game rules or or uh, norming norm rules about how you want how they're gonna like interact with each other, but mm-hmm. all that needs to say your job is to help them be high performing in whatever that looks like. So quit your whining, quit your bitching. You said yes to the dress, <laughs> so suck it on, suck it up, and put it on. Well, I I think that was. In her face, as it were. Oh, this was definitely a man. This was not a woman that wrote this question. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I, I, I saw this possibly as a woman, but I, again, we do that all the we time, We do that right? all the time. I'm always, we, all always the time. assuming different genders. It's so funny, but but I, I, I like your advice. One of the things I liked about your advice that I would extract from it, not the you're a little harsh, but I, I could see your point in that. But <laughs> one little? of the things I like, yeah, your advice was about this notion of empowering the team. I thought that was very a self-directed team. Yeah. I think that's a very interesting way for this person to handle that situation in the sense that, look, bring them all to the fore in the sense of what they are bringing to the team and what does the team need to succeed in this accounts payable department. I also looked at this though, I took a different tact uh, again from what you did because I, I, I viewed this more from her point about, or I'll say her, but the, my philosophy. So I, I thought this was a, this is basically a philosophy, meaning that her, her thinking about how to lead and manage others has a, a quality to it that is really more uh, intrinsic than extrinsic, meaning that you should be intrinsically motivated to want to do what you do. And so if that is the case, what she should be thinking about is she's saying what is intrinsic to their own motivation relative to the work that they are responsible for. So I think one of the things she could do is use the work of Greenway. Remember Greenway's servant leader? Yeah. And and reverse the pyramid, as it were. When I say the pyramid, usually the boss is at the top and the workers are at the bottom. When you flip that, the workers are at the top. In fact, if you do it really correctly, it's the clients that are at the top. But the idea here is that what do I need to do to support your efforts? And so I think if we think of it that way, she then can meet with these individuals and say, okay, what is it about this job that moves you? What is it about this job that really turns you on to that? And then she has a better sense of what their needs are relative to the work that they're doing. This also ties into what you said about situational leadership. Is situational leadership is, is matching the, the, the direction you give them with the need that they have in terms of what they are doing. 
And so this might mean that you have some people that need a lot more attention because they're new to the task or other people who want some space and be left alone. But my point would be give them what they need and not what you necessarily want them to need or not need in the sense that what we do not want to impose upon them who we are, but rather we have, want to understand who they are and then give them that in return. And to Mary's point, which I endorse full-heartedly, is you took the job. Yes, so you, did. you have a response. <laughs> yes, you did. And so you have a responsibility to them. And by the way, uh, I think one of the things you said in here, you give a bad rap to the role you have because you had a lot of bad leaders you worked for. You had you people you work for. So you already think that leaders are superfluous anyway. And so you're already buying into that as a model when in fact you could be very vital to who they are because imagine a good leader, you could be quite inspirational to who they are and help them be better at what they're doing or move beyond what they're doing entirely. So I think part of this is the mindset that you have towards the role you're in and the, the needs of the people that you want to have should never needn't match your own. Yeah. So find out what they are. I completely agree. I love the idea of using servant leadership and combining that, combining that with some situational leadership. Because I think this person is kind of um, operating a little too much from their own viewpoint and not thinking yes. about like the greater viewpoint, like what do their people need? Uh, because yes. to your point, uh, when we manage based on what people need from us, we are being better servant leaders. And so I think she's getting her like her philosophy around or her disdain for leaders or the term leadership, right. I think that that's preventing her from seeing how great and how amazing this position could be uh, for people. Exactly. And that's her, her mindset is getting in her way yeah. of this. And it's all predicated on the experiences she had with somebody, you know, in the roles that preceded her in terms of the, the leaders that she worked for. Yeah. And I'm still, and that's too bad. You know, and there's two other things I want to say about this. Uh, one is that, you know, I have worked with organizations that they have brought us in because they have promoted somebody to be a manager or, you know, a team leader. And that person doesn't want to lead and it has caused all kinds of problems. And so we've <laughs> right. come in as consultants and we've like helped the team become self-directed teams. Uh, but what, oh. which is, which is really a fun, it's really cool work. But what really yeah. gets me is that they still pay this person to be the manager who isn't yeah, doing see, any of the work. And that just kind of bothers me. Uh, it should bother yeah, you. I just, In fact, yeah, no, if you're going to have a self-directed team, then you have rewards that reflect the yeah. team's contributions, not the leader taking the rewards because the team is doing all the work. Yeah, I know, right? And then, yeah, and then you know, this other thing happened where I was somewhere, I was at a conference or something, and somebody was talking about how much they hate it. Oh, I was doing a managing up session, and we were talking about, um, you know, where are some of the behaviors that drive you cray-cray with your bosses, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And somebody said something really interesting that I've never heard before. And they said, I hate it when people refer, when managers refer to their teams as my teams or my group or my people. They ah, said it the feels like, yeah, that's possessive. That It feels like they think they own us. And that was really right. interesting for me because I had never heard anyone complain about that. Uh, is that yeah. Have you ever heard that before, people? No, but I, I could I could certainly see it. I, I would resent somebody saying being this is my team. I understand the point of like I'm my team, meaning that if if you are in a non power position, my team seems to make sense. If you're in a position of power, you should be saying our team because it reduces this uh, inferred ownership. Oh, so interesting. So I'm going to start. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean that was yeah. I that had not, it's one of those things like can we say that anymore? But. 
I was thinking- Yes, you well, can. At a peer level, you at can. At a peer level, you can. Interesting. So I'm going to start to play with that a little bit more. Instead, when I talk about the team who works for me, <laughs> yeah. I'm referring to it as our, our team, team and not my team. Yeah, it's an interesting. By the way, there was a one thing I'll mention because you alluded to it in this self-directed team. There's a lovely book called Humanocracy that really talks about uh, self-directed team and the associated rewards necessary to do that because you have to have the reward system that supports that. Unfortunate title for a book, but a really good book. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna check it out. All right, great. Well, I yeah. think we, I think we, hopefully reframed leadership oh, for leading less is uh, more like it in Lubbock. And, you know, sometimes a little tough love for Mary Avage is what it takes. You know it. And by the way, <laughs> we, we had to do it as the cliffhanger because I looked at the timing of this and we would have gone way, way over, over way us. over. This was just something to really dig into. So the couple of takeaways from this are if you take the, if you say yes to the draft, you got to put it on Two, if you're a company, <laughs> you should be really paying attention to who you promote uh, and whether or not they want that job. Right. And yes. could you possibly have other tracks for uh, people who really excel at being individual contributors instead of forcing them? Them into management roles, which they may not want and may not be good at. And I would say, what are the measurements? What are the what are the what are the uh, parameters of being an effective leader? Because yeah. if you're going to promote somebody, you have to have some measures aligned with that. Well, you know, and you're I, right, and I don't think organizations do a really good job of thinking no, about no, what no, no. is what no, no, no. what are the characteristics uh, that and the yeah. measurements we're going to have for our people managers. I agree. In fact, this is, we're going to, well, I think the third question might even allude to right. it. Well, well no, then I'll let shut me my pie no, 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 hole and wait for the, next, Here we the go. second question. The, yeah, the next one's interesting because uh, it, it, it ties to this. Ready? I'm ready, Freddie. Hi, Mary and Chris. I'm writing because I have a leadership problem. I work for an international engineering company. Because of my performance and my potential, I have been designated as a future leader, although I changed the name of it for this. The program runs two years, and I spend four to six months in different divisions working on short-term projects. I love the opportunity, but on two of the projects so far, I have been feeling left out, like they don't like me. I don't know if it's resentment or jealousy, but it makes for very long, lonely days. It's not my fault I got the opportunity to be in this program. Is there a way to change their attitude towards me and the future leaders who will follow me? Signed, Eye on the Prize in Toronto. Ooh, 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 yeah. ooh, ooh. I really like this question. And one of the reasons yeah. I really like this question is because we've been, we've had the good fortune at CareerStone, uh, our team at CareerStone. <laughs> Our has, team <laughs> has had the really good fortune of, of, of providing leadership development in similar programs to this. Uh, oh. So yeah, so it's been really great. Like we're with a, a cohort for two years. They go on these, uh, they're called details or these assignments. And then periodically mm -hmm. throughout the two years, they come to us for a couple of days of like leadership development. And so I have heard about this before from some of the participants. Not all the mm -hmm. departments are like, you know, uh, arms wide open, love you, can't wait to meet you. Sometimes it's of a little course. difficult. So I've got a little bit of advice around like how to make these work. One um, is that 
the not you're not everyone's going to love you. Not every department's going to be on board with this. Not no. every department's going to be see what a great program this is or see the value of having you hang around for four to six months. So when you enter each of these different departments, you want to enter with a positive intention, just like a newbie, uh, being helpful, having a great attitude, making sure you are meeting people enter as a learner, keep your ego down. Um, I'd also suggest making what relationships you can during this time and learning what you can. It really is an amazing opportunity to really learn the entire company. Uh, so really focus on, on making a positive impact and a positive impression and building some relationships. Secondly, I would also reach out to people in the cohort before you to get a little intel about each of these uh, departments as you go through. Because oh, the people, yeah, the people that gone before you can say well this department's a little rough or this department they you know they're not they don't love this program or this department with this leader they really look they really like people who are xyz you know so see if you can't get a little intel about how to really make this work and then my third big idea for this is at the end of your rotation for each of these assignments make sure you take the time to send like really nice thank you notes uh to the leaders to the colleagues whether, whether they're notes or they're emails, mm -hmm. but really be very, very classy about this um, and really uh, um, thank them and make sure that you elevate them when you speak of them to others so that they kind of get the, the, they get recognized for showing you and teaching you and helping you be a learner. So those are the three things I would say about this. Um, and then just, and, and if, if every rotation not every rotation is going to be a love fest. It's okay. Just make sure that right. you are not the one that's that's a hater, that you are always being grateful and you are always having a positive impact. And sometimes not everyone's going to love you and just keep, keep it moving. But do keep a list of who those bastards are so when you are a leader, <laughs> you can take your revenge. <laughs> no, I think that was excellent advice. I think uh, I, I thought that this whole this whole notion of the, of the situation she is in and being cognizant of that and being grateful for where she is. Uh, I thought this being thankful to the people that helped you along the way. I think that's really yeah. going to serve. I love that idea that you send them notes afterwards saying, I really appreciate the help you provided me. Yeah. And they'll I, I also make really them feel good. guilty if they were mean to you. Yes, I think that will. I think, and by the way, because she said in this, um, towards uh, future leaders who will follow me. So this notion is she's paving the way for the next saying that. Yeah. So I, I think that's really nice. I, I will say this about this is, first of all, these programs I'm not overly fond of anyway, because what they do is they designate uh, this. Well, well, she says future leader. Some people call them high potential or, you know, all of these things around them. But they designate a class within. And I think there's a detriment to the larger organization when you designate some people as being better in a way that is overt, saying, well, they, they, we've said that they're the high performers. Now, which is so interesting, the hypo, the high performers or all of these things. I, I saw the study by Harvard once that these 5% these of high performers that they typically identify turn out that they're not very good. You know, 40% of them don't do very well, meaning that they, they turn they in this out. group of, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, flame out. 40% of them flame out. And so you're thinking, okay, is this really the high potential people by designation of what you're doing? Remember we talked about earlier? Yeah. But you're probably biasing towards their their uh, technical credentials versus their leadership credentials since we don't measure those very well. So anyway, getting back to this young person's uh, dilemma, uh, 
the, the, the problem I think, one of the problems you're facing is you, you are designating yourself as a leader and you are not a leader in the role you are in. You are a learner. Mm-hmm. And I, Mary already said that. Your job here is to be a learner. So I think when you enter the system, I think there are three things that I think fit this. And I think Mary alluded to this is humility, empathy, and curiosity. That's what you should be engaging in. You should be somewhat humble in the sense that you, the people that everyone in that group probably knows more about the tasks you're involved in than you do. But you probably have something that you can contribute. So you have to find out where is your niche. Don't be comparative to others. Don't try to outshine others. But how can I be helpful? Then how can you be appreciative? Empathy is really understanding how they might feel about all of these things. And if they do voice frustration, try to understand it. Try to understand it. And I love the last point of this is curiosity. What's everybody's favorite topic? Themselves. So if you're on this short rotation, and the whole point of the rotation is to really understand what goes on in the division that you're working for and what would be salient to how you could help them once you leave this division in some future role, be curious. Find out where their most the problems lie or the opportunities lie for them and say, how, how can I at one day help them? So I think if you think in these terms, I think you and you you establish yourself from that role, I think you seem a, a far less threatening to them to begin with because that's a part of the problem here. I think you were seen as a threat like why her and why not why not me? And so I think you sort of curtail some of that. Now, will everyone loves you? Absolutely not. Yeah. No. Absolutely not. But I think they are more likely to listen to you or be a part have, be a part of things if you are asking them more questions than telling them what to do and how they do it. Yeah, you know, I do. I actually do think programs like this can be very successful for the organization. I just don't like, as you said, I don't like it when they are identifying the future leaders. You know, yes. when I've seen these programs be very successful is when you are having like um, a. a young cohort of people, whether it's their first year or their second year, and you are trying to like uh, almost showcase their talents to the whole organization uh, to see who oh, yeah. wants them uh, or where they want to go. So I've, yes. I've seen this work very well when it's more about like we... And it's not so so much a merit thing as we've got this great group of people who exactly. we're going to figure out like where they fit, who wants them. And so I've seen that work where at the end of their their program, like all the departments want them, and so then they decide where they're going to go. Yes. So I think I that that I think that's important. Well. No, yeah, when you ha- when you when the entire cohort group is part of this group that they get to do this, I'm good yeah. with that. That makes sense to me because that's that's inclusive. And the whole point of this is it seems almost contrarian to being a. a a D, you know, a, an inclusive organization. You see what I'm yeah. saying? That, that embraces diversity, equity, and inclusion, and then to have this group of people that don't represent that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, so I think we, I think we helped we eyes helped. on the prize. I think we did too. So tell if we didn't have eye on the prize, you tell us. All right, you ready for our last I one? I am ready, Freddie. I recently heard your episode on faux pas, and I think I've made a serious, serious one. I manage an IT group, and we are presently working at a client site out of state. It was a long week of late nights, and I took my team out for a happy hour on the Thursday before we left town. I ended up being overserved and said a few negative things about the client and my boss, neither of whom were there, but my team was. How, if at all, do I address this mess since I don't want to, this to get back to either the client or my boss? Signed, not so happy, one hour later. 
in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> that's First of all, what that's I'm... a great tagline. Uh, second that. of all, that's a pretty good faux pas, if you will. It's a faux pas. That's definitely a faux pas. So, I mean, you could do nothing, right? And hope everyone was too drunk to yeah. remember. Like, you could just let it go. It was just like steam. Or it, it of course, depends on really what you said and how, you know, right. vociferous you were about it. Yes. But you know what? I think if it was me, I would probably pull my team together and say, hey, guys. Uh, whose team? Whose oh, team? our team together. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I bring the team together, there of which go. I am the leader. <laughs> And I would say to this team, whom I lead, uh, I would probably pull them together and I would say, hey, hey, y'all, I, I have to say I was a bit overserved. Uh, uh, so I apologize for that. And I mostly apologize because I said some things that uh, were inappropriate. Uh, I and we should never be bitching about our clients ever uh, and about our boss, who I do really like and respect. Uh, and I was just letting off steam and venting. And I just want you to know that it's unacceptable for me to have done that as it will be for you all to do it. Uh, so hopefully you will, can, we can keep this on the, you know, down low, the DL, uh, and just know that, you know, um, yeah, that I, I just, I feel I, I'm embarrassed about my behavior. I, I think you've answered it. I, I don't think I could say anything more to this because that's exactly what you got to do. You bring the, you bring the team back together at, well, Thursday, that's normally when they go back home, they have the weekend, you, you gather them on Monday morning and you say, and by the way, first thing on Monday morning, say, you know, I've been thinking about this all weekend long, just like you said, I feel awful. I, I, you know, I was overserved. Uh, and uh, by the way, this should be a lesson for all of you that don't do this because this is, this will get in the way of, of who you will become. And by the way, I'm your boss right now. And so, <laughs> and I have a self-interest involved in this. So I don't want you to do that. I, I, so I don't want you to model my behavior. I want you to do the opposite of my behavior. Yeah. And I am so sorry. I think that's all you have to say. Yeah, I think so too. You know, yeah. uh, because secretly, I, on the other hand, like if your boss is a nightmare and if the client's a nightmare, your team might love you a little bit more. <laughs> oh, because, no, there's no question. There's no you, question. You dished on them. Yeah. and But it also yeah. depends on what you said too. Like, you know. Exactly. Like, so you, this is a contextual. Yeah, thing, this is right. very contextual. Like if it was just like, oh my God, so-and-so is so annoying, I wouldn't say a word. But if I said that rat bastard, blah, 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 then I would yeah. apologize. Oh yeah, no. If everybody on the in the room knows the same thing you know, then in fact, you have space to say yeah. it. In fact, they might even like, to your point, they will like you better. And by the way, there is no way that you work uh, these kind of hours and these kind of events where you're with the groups for weeks and weeks at a time that you don't get personal. Yeah. It's just, it's just almost impossible not to get personal. It's the degree of how personal you yeah. will be. You see what I'm saying? That's the thing you have to really, you have to uh, learn to be somewhat diplomatic. Yeah. That's what's key. Yeah. I love it. This is great. All right. Well, look at that. Eyes on the prize. We ended with an easy peasy lemon squeezy question. I, I love that. No cliffhangers. No cliffhangers this week, but it is time to hang it up for the day. So thank you to our 12 listeners for tuning in today. Uh, we <laughs> hope you found today's session enjoyable and helpful. Uh, thank you to our amazing senior executive producer, Mr. Jack Edinger, who is still in 2023, overworked and underpaid. Uh, <laughs> if you have a workplace question or cubicle dilemma, please let us know. No question is too easy and no question is too hard. And there are so many ways that you can reach us. You could email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. You could tweet us at cubicleconfide1 or find Chris DeSantis or Mary Abigail on LinkedIn. People, 
We are here, there, and everywhere. And until next week, we want you to work hard, be kind, don't shirk your leadership responsibilities, and if you can't, call us. All right, see you next week.